You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Um, it's been a tough go-around for one of the other Knicks stars here. Julius Randle, this postseason, has played very poorly. And his poor play forced Tom Thibodeau to do something we've rarely seen him do as Knicks head coach. Randall was benched for the fourth quarter of game four after scoring just seven points on three of 10 shooting uh, through the first three quarters of that game. Randall has been unable to find a touch throughout this series. As Tommy just noted, he's scoring just 14 points a game on 32% field goal shooting. So a, a rough go around for Julius Randall. He declined to speak to the media after this game. Tommy, is it time to be concerned about Julius Randle this postseason with how he has played? A hundred percent. I mean, I mean, listen, um, uh, listen. The Knicks are three and one despite his struggles, so you know that that mitigates the the, the concern level. Um, that yep. being said, in terms of his individual production and his individual production going forward, um, definitely cause for concern. We've seen. Uh, RJ slip into these funks. I mean, he just looked like he didn't want to be out there yesterday, um, especially yeah. in the third quarter. Um, you know, his, his, as, as inefficient as he was offensively, you know, settling for jumpers, not attacking the basket. He was somehow even worse defensively. Missed rotations, um, just, you know, letting Isaac Okoro drive Okoro by. Okoro just went baseline, yeah, and just went, just blew by him like he was <laughs> standing still. Time and again, uh, just inexcusable uh, defensive performance from Randall. Tibbs tried to uh, intimate that it was he was dealing with the, the, the after effects of the ankle injury that sidelined him for the final five games of the regular season. Um, maybe that's the case. If so, he should have a shorter leash. Um, yep. And and you know and and you know a bigger picture. Um, I was surprised uh, in relation to the the fourth quarter in the benching. I was surprised that so many pundits one lavished. Tibbs with praise for leaving him on the bench. And even during the game, Mark Jackson was like, uh, well, should you bring him back in? This is a really tough decision. For me, it was a no-brainer. Like, one yeah. guy's active in Obi Toppin on both ends of the floor, contributing on both ends of the floor. Um, seems like he wants to be out there, um, giving effort, um, you know, just, just making winning plays. And the other guy looks like he's stuck in mud. So, uh, yeah. you, you take one guy, you know, tip, uh, Obi was plus seven in the second half. Randall was minus seven. And they, they both played about 12 minutes um so my i thought tibbs left randall in far too long in the third quarter i thought it was right. I, I didn't think he deserved to play the the, the full third quarter because it just wasn't there maybe there was the injury whatever the case is but listen it's the it's the it's game four of the postseason you know like yeah this is yeah, keep home to, court yeah that's a huge game this is a, a the most important half of the most important game of the season if a guy doesn't have it a guy doesn't have it um so that's kind of you know what i was thinking about um you know listen did tibbs do the right thing by leaving randall in absolutely um, but I just I, I didn't I didn't think it was as difficult the decision as as some. Um, so I, I you know I, I hope that you know hopefully Tibbs learned a lesson you know learned some some valuable information from it. We don't necessarily need to put Randall back in the game to hold on to the lead. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. I I also I thought it was interesting that so much of the conversation conversation became about 
know, whoa, Randall, is he going to go back in? What are they going to do? I mean, I think some of that is because of how Tibbs has used him and how right. Tibbs has coached with him. So much of it has been regardless of how what Randall does. He could be playing great. He could be playing terrible. He could be flipping laptops. It doesn't matter. He's going back out there. So I think some of the surprise, some of the questions about whether he may go in was because, well, Tibbs has rarely done this. Like when there have been plenty of calls by Knicks fans, by Knicks media to yeah. say, hey, there are games where Randall's clearly not it and they need to go to Obi Toppin and he won't do it. So especially in a game now, you're shorthanded with uh, Quentin Grimes out. So it kind of limits your options there in terms of playing small with, uh, you know, Josh Hart. It says, you know, will he really go to, you know, a, you know, power forward, you know, Obi Toppin to finish the game? And that's what he did. It was the, absolutely the right move. And yeah, I think it is time to be concerned about Randall because this is the second time now in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, and you really could look at it now two separate five game sample sizes because yep. he played through five games in the first round against Atlanta. Now I've seen five games first round against Cleveland. And it is like he has one of the, I think he may have the second worst effective field goal percentage, I think, in the history of the NBA playoffs for a guy that's played through 10 games. I, I saw the numbers before game nine and him and RJ were second to last and third to last in effective efficiency. Now, RJ's now shot up. So I think he's away from that, but, but Randall was right there with RJ and he's played even worse in New York. So that those numbers have, are, are still there. So he's going to be near the bottom. I'm just looking at it now. So he's played nine games. There's the five against Atlanta and then the four this series. Right, four. Yeah. I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, my bad. Oh, oh, this is, he's shooting 30.8% from the floor. His effective field goal percentage is 36.8. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that of every player that's, that's played at least nine games, obviously a small sample size, but still enough. That's his entire postseason yeah. career um, that, you know, it, you know, we talked about, Barrett, how he stepped up, you know, in the postseason when when the lights get a little brighter. At yeah. least he has in, in games, you know, three and four. He didn't, but it, to, to, in fairness to, to Randall, maybe he can bounce back because Barrett yeah. was bad early on as well. Um, but it just seems like Randall, and now we have you know two separate se- whole season sample size and a little bit of a postseason sample size as well. Um, you know, maybe Randall's one of those guys that you need to get to the five seed and to to sock away um, regular season victories, and then in the postseason you let the Brunson and the Josh Hartz yeah. of the world kind of kind of carry you forward. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I mean, this this playoffs has shown why the Jalen Brunson signing, once again, was an absolute needed move. Because imagine if God. Brunson isn't on his team and it's a different point guard. Maybe it's a decent player, but maybe it's not a guy of Brunson's caliber. And maybe the Knicks still make the playoffs. But you would be yes. relying on Julius Randle to make these plays in the postseason, not Jalen Brunson. And they would what happened to the Knicks in 2021 would be happening today. They'd be down... Yeah. 3-1 headed to Cleveland or wherever they were playing for a road playoff game, and they'd probably lose. So, yep. like, that 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 signing was massive because, I mean, I think it's fair to say at this point, unless Randall can change the narrative, he just isn't a postseason player. He's not a guy that can be your number one guy in the postseason, and he's not a guy you can rely on. It's sad to say, and it's great that Knicks are winning despite that, and he's part of the yep. team, so he can contribute any way he can. He needs to. 
um, because this these are the teams they got. We're not gonna be making any trades during the trade during the postseason, so it is what it is. But I mean, this is I, I me mean, nine games is like this is who you are until you show me something else. Like RJ had a chance to change the narrative. He did. Julius Randle did not. Correct. And and the, the the Brunson thing, and we'll talk about this after the series is over. Um, you know, whenever it is, we'll talk about the elephant in the room being the Donovan Mitchell yeah. trade. But again, yeah. the ramifications of that deal, um, and people have talked about it. Uh, you know, the players that the Knicks didn't trade for have have you know made an impact. But the other thing to, to keep in mind here is obviously they didn't give up anything to get um Jalen Brunson, um, uh, you know, they, they signed him uh, with cap space via free agency and they didn't, and they also, the front office didn't trade for DeJounte Murray, um, yeah. who's, you know, who's bumping refs bumping referees and yeah. looks like a defendant, um, when they get swept, uh, gentlemen swept out of the playoffs in, in game right. five, in Boston. Um, and the other thing though is, um, and I haven't heard people talk about it too much. If the Knicks make the Donovan Mitchell trade, even if they have Brunson, but if the Knicks make the Donovan Mitchell trade and give up four first rounders and two swaps or three first rounders, they don't have a first rounder to trade to Portland for Josh Hart. So it's like yeah. he's the, he's an additional piece that you that you add to the team. Not only do you keep the guys you have, but you kept their, their your draft capital, which enabled you to add Josh Hart. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, there's there's you know the, the value of of IQ and Brunson and Hart. Um, and and quickly and Obi and all the guys that they kept uh, versus Donovan Mitchell has been one sided heavily in favor of the Knicks. Again, you know, series is not over. Donovan Mitchell, yeah. if he averages forty two points a game, you know, over the final three games, then um, you know, we'll, we'll reassess things as we go along here. But um, certainly, it's uh, you know, it's it's trending in a positive direction for New York. It is, and I think when I think about Randall, I think one of the things that has stood out to me of why it's so alarming, why he's struggling, because this feels different. Than the Atlanta series, the Atlanta series, it was defensive were able to load up. They was a double. Um, he had to shoot over length. They're yeah. forcing him to go left, which actually was his detriment because right. he likes going right to go to his pull up, and he didn't seem to have an answer for that. And it was like, well, this guy's a limited player, and you know, if you can load up on this guy, like he's he's not gonna be able to make plays. This is entirely different. The Cavs aren't really loading up around like that because they're trying to take away Brunson, and Frandel's missing a lot of wide open looks. And he missed some wide open looks in the Atlanta series too, but not as many as this. Uh, there are shots where there's just nobody near him, and he can't make shots that he normally makes. And that's alarming because it's like, well, is it just the pressure of the moment? Like, is it just being in these games with all these fans and, and the, the euphoria and the hype? I mean, he talked about how he felt uh, mentally at peace and he was so excited and he was going like, to have so much fun playing this postseason. And it was kind of crazy. I don't know if you, you watched the game on ABC on, on Sunday. You know, Mark, Mark Jackson. Now, maybe Randall was doing this. I'm not saying he wasn't. Mark Jackson says, you know, one thing about Randall, you'll see, even though he's not in the game, he's up there cheering for his teammates, rah-rah and everybody. And the camera goes shot to Randall. He looks miserable. Yep. I'm like, man, this may have been bad timing. But if that's what Mark Jackson calls rooting for your teammates and standing up and clapping for everybody, then I, we got different definitions. He did not look like a guy that was happy to be sitting on that bench. He looked like he was having a tough time with how the Knicks were finishing that game, which was, again, alarming because they were about to win the biggest game of the season. EJ, I thought for sure we would see a tweet that from somebody sitting in Section 106 with their phone firmly on Randall the entire fourth quarter and him just sitting like this. 
you know, sitting. <laughs> right. I, you know, I wouldn't be yeah. shocked at all saying like the, the team's winning. Um, I'll take Mark Jackson's word for it. Right. Um, again, you, there were no, I didn't see any videos. I probably would have been tagged I, on yeah. something on Twitter had it, you know, nothing right. went viral. Um, I didn't hear any of the, the, the guys in the press box. I wasn't in the, in the, in the media section. Um, if I was, I would, I would have kept an eye on that situation, but we didn't see anything like that from anybody um, who would have kept an eye on, on such things you would think. Um, so um, again, we'll give uh, Randall should have talked to the media. He didn't, maybe it was just better. He, he just went home and cleared his head. Um, it's, it's, it's funny, man. We've talked about it from probably we discussed it in the first show we did back in December and then January, February, you know, he's just a, such a unique player and that he's incredibly talented and physically gifted, but, um, and, and he's talked about how his mentals were great and he's never enjoyed yeah. playing basketball so much. And he's looking forward to the series so much, um, that his body language, again, it's not just, that his 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 you know when he plays poorly he misses shots but he's still clapping and you know and, and getting everybody yeah. involved and trying to make up for it on the defensive end and doing the little things when things are going well he's an unstoppable force um, but when things you know start to go in the wrong direction they seem to snowball um, and it seems to impact him his his body language is the way he sulks around the court um, you know those type of things that can have kind of an outsized impact. Um, that aren't necessarily reflected in the box sheet. Why so many fans were so down on him after the terrible, you know, 21-22 season. Um, the other, this, but this is what I'll say about Randall. In, in games like that, he's, you know, he's had, you know, weeks like that, and then he'll come out and have a 32 and 17. Yeah. Six yeah, exactly. It wouldn't shock me if he does it in Cleveland. He's just such an unpredictable player. So we'll see. We will see. And and the one thing I will say as well with Randall, which is maybe me playing a little armchair psychologist, but I felt like game one, he had that great first half and yeah. he made some key plays out win that game. I don't care what the stats you say, he had a good game one. Yeah. But like to me, I almost wonder if like the fact that it was all about the ankle, is the ankle stable? Is he ready to play? Will he be okay? What will happen? I almost wonder if in his head, it almost kind of took away the pressure of the actual Ooh. like game, like playing right. a game one of the playoffs. He's just worried about can I finish this game? Will I be able to play? So your, your focus is kind of lasering in on just doing what you're supposed to do. And therefore he played well and he felt, he said he felt healthy. So I was wondering now that he knows the ankle is not going to be an issue. Now he is getting in his head. Now he's all right. Well, these are big games. And now we're in game two. We're trying to get his back to New York 2-0 and he plays terrible. Then they back home. It's all right. You got to keep home court. And yeah. then all that's not all. No one's talking about the ankle anymore. Maybe Tibbs putting the ankle back on the table will actually help him. Maybe you say, hey, he's not playing. He's not healthy. He's dealing with that. Maybe he'll maybe take himself out of the pressure of the playoffs. But I, I've said, what's the difference between game one and how he started? He looked so at, he looked so great. He, looked, he was engaged. Like, what happened? And the only thing I think it was like, well, he came to that game. Everybody was saying, well, can he play? Will he play in the series? And now that conversation is dead. And now all of it is, well, what are you going to do in these big games? And now he's struggling again. Good point. And the other thing is, like, in, in conjunction with that, the everyone asking questions about the, the ankle coming into game one had he had a built-in excuse not that he was going to use it but he had a crutch right. there where just psychologically it released some some weight off his shoulders but like, listen if i struggle it's not a big deal because nobody's expecting me to even play so if i step yeah. foot on the floor they think i'm willis reed and then he goes right. out there yeah and, and has that has that good first quarter and then in the you know he's had two days off the ankle looks fine okay if i show that i'm healthy now i gotta show that i can perform in the postseason so maybe it'll weighing on him a little bit heavier yeah Look, I hope Randall bounces back. I mean, yep. again, this is the next podcast. It's like, it's like we talked about with RJ. You know, they're rooting for Randall's demise. Like, we, they need Randall to play well for to go yep. far. And yep. we, when you see how the, the playoffs are shaking out, with Miami's up 2-1 now. Giannis has got to come back so they can win a game, must win game four. Like, 
things like the Knicks have a chance to do some things in this postseason. Clearly now, as we see where they've shaken out, they're gonna need Rams to play better. So hopefully we can turn around. 